0: You fucking love the shit. This is so fucking basic of the bullshit women deal with. It's
1: so fucking mediocre that women deal with the shit. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a station near you soon, that's called the Feminism Radio life. <laughs> we could actually fill ad spaces, you do know that. Yeah, we probably could. Just by singing.
0: Welcome to Homebrewed Feminism. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Becky. We're two friends discussing all the ways that society, culture, and gender collide.
0: So join us as we amplify the many voices that surround us. Hello, everyone. Hi.
1: Welcome back. Yeah, welcome to halfway through our second season. We've made it. Yeah. Why don't we hear
0: about your move?
1: Yes. Hashtag moving house. Uh The move is very much on the way. Um, The big move happens tomorrow. All the big stuff, you know, your big sofas and TVs and all that gets moved out tomorrow. And then Friday, the sale is scheduled to go through, so... That will be it. That will be the end. That will be the first part of the hashtag movement house. (laughs) (sighs) Goodbye, Carnoustie. See you later. Carnoustie's been fun for four years and now I am returning to Dundee, so... Home again. Moving in with parents for yeah it's gonna be fine it's, it's gonna going be, be fine, fine. it's gonna going to 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 be, be fine.
0: fine yeah it's gonna be fine
1: i'm grateful okay any yes. parents don't shame me like it's <laughs> i've been out of the house for like four years now so it's going to be a shock to the system because mm-hmm. it's going to be me dylan and our cat Ari. so um mm-hmm. and there's already a dog and a cat at this house that we're going to so i'm sure that's going to be its own own pile of fun but yeah anyway anyways There's a lot going on. (laughs) We'll see how calm you are in two weeks. (laughs) I know. When you've been there for a week. I am losing my mind. I am recording in the boiler cupboard, so it's very creaky. (laughs) No, we'll see. Hopefully I can find a good recording location. That's like my biggest problem. (laughs) Mm. Not that bothered about. I'll be fine. Uh, What about you?
0: uh, Yeah, we had a really nice weekend. The mother-in-law took... This, my son, for a couple of days. Well, I say, I keep saying a couple of days. That's I know you keep saying that. It's literally a day, but it felt like the longest. <laughs> it felt really long. Um, Unfortunately, my son has developed chicken pox. So that's kind of what's going to be. If anyone's think, oh, God, these guys sound a bit tired. Well, I, we are. We actually are. Becky's been moving a house. She's exhausted. I've been dealing with a toddler developing chicken pox all day. We are pooped.
1: <laughs> We're pooped. <laughs> but we are going to be the actors that we are
0: and turn it on. <laughs> so sorry if we missed the mark this week, guys. But, you know, the topic is awesome. So yeah, yeah. so, yeah. True, so true. Speaking of, if you've got nothing else, like my moan would just be chicken pox. So do you have anything else? uh not in terms
1: of moans mm. uh, I don't have a story time for this week, but I'll try and come back with something else next week. But um we can move on to beer. Yeah. Let's do beer. Yeah. Okay. Um so my beer this week is the Golden Defender IPA by a brewery in America called Brooklyn Brewery. Mm-hmm. Now, we often highlight when we talk about craft beer, we highlight small breweries and Brooklyn is a big brewery. Mhm. So when I was doing some reading about them online, on their website they have information about, you know, what how um what they are as a brewery. And they seem to say that, you know, they know they're big. Yeah. So they're they like the that... macros of the micros. Exactly. So mm-hmm. their beers travel to more than half of the United States mm-hmm. and over thirty different countries. So yeah. that's that's the big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one nice thing that they said is that they started the brewery with the ambition of bringing brewing back to Brooklyn because apparently that was once like the center of American beer production. Wow, who knew? Yeah, so I thought that was quite a cool fact. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I say, my beer, Golden Defender IPA, it's um, it's pretty hoppy, mm-hmm. so it's nice to have something that reminds you that you're drinking a craft beer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes you can really get quite Yep, yep, yep. Settled with IPAs, it's like, okay, this is it. Yeah.
0: This is a craft beer. So, yeah, mine's is good. Um, What about your beer? So, my beer's kind of weird. They're, they don't actually list this beer on their website. So, this could be a throwback to the comments that we had with the women's brew women, because I got this beer from a supermarket, because I saw that you were doing Brooklyn, and I was like, wait a minute, I know Brooklyn does alcohol-free beer. So, I ran yeah. to the shop, and um, yeah, they had one. But this... um. Special effects hoppy lager is not mm-hmm. technically on their website. So I could not tell you why that is. <laughs> they have like an IPA, um, but they don't have this hoppy lager. So um right. so it it describes itself as an has an unexpected piney aroma and pleasantly bitter finish. It tastes just like a regular beer, but therein lies the special effect. It's only zero point four percent. So what would you say about that then? Is uh, it
1: piney aromas?
0: Yeah, I would actually. The the bitter finish nails it. If I'm being honest, I mean, I'm surprised they call it a lager just because it is quite dark in color. It's very you caramelly. Realize, yeah, I was for our listeners. Uh, we we're on like a a video chat, and I could see that her beard is like really dark. Yeah, like like brown. Yeah, really brown, like an ale, really brown. like a yeah, classic yeah. ale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like that's kind of what. This is, that's what I'm feeling here. Like I'm surprised they call it a lager. I feel like I'm in an ale, drinking an ale because it's not mm-hmm. carbonated either. No, like, I can see that. Yeah, there's hardly like, any head on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I took a picture where well, the head was at its best. Let me just say. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's it's. I like I like the change because it is. I would say the piney, a hundred percent, and the, it, yeah. the bitter finish. Like yeah, there's. It says happy. Not getting um, it. I would say I would say malt. You right. know, like because you know me, I'm not really into that. No that flavor, so I would say that much more. But yeah, I would not say like no if I saw it on the shelf, I wouldn't be like oh. So it's not bad. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's
1: cool that we have got some good beers. But um, this brewery is another one we are highlighting because they have women on staff. Yes. And one of the main roles that we would like to highlight is someone who is the brewery director and this is taylor onda yeah now taylor has been the brewing director for three years and she has a bs in chemical engineering she has worked in other american breweries and also in europe
0: yeah that's really cool so
1: yeah that's cool it's nice Mm -hmm. to see also um women in positions um of management in beer like higher management instead of
0: director brewing that's fucking huge, that's awesome. exactly,
1: yeah, so it's it's good this is why we're highlighting some mm-hmm. of these other breweries and focusing on where women are dispersed throughout the workforce mm-hmm. instead of just focusing solely on brewers mm-hmm. and there are some other women on staff there is Samantha Itzkovich and she is the v p in marketing, mm-hmm. and one unique thing about Brooklyn brewery is that they have a partner brewery in the UK called London Fields. And that's um, a brewery that they do collabs with and things like that. So when they do these collabs, they choose two specific brewers, to our knowledge anyway, and these brewers are Alexandra White and Kathleen Stratford. And not only do they have brewers, they also have a brand manager, Kat Lockwood. So... I think it's pretty awesome that Mm -hmm. we can highlight, like, an American brewery, but also there is a tie to where we're from.
0: Yeah, and Brooklyn was very forthcoming with like messaging back and forth they um and the social media manager yeah, did not give spoke us to. Yeah, they didn't give us their name, but they were also a woman. So yeah. <laughs> it seems like uh it's nice to see the entry level, the mid level, the even the adjacent the senior level, the, yeah, senior yeah. Level, the adjacent like the, the it seems that Brooklyn is gigantic. So yes, the yes. odds are in our favor that there are going to be women at this place somewhere. Um but it's good to see that it is throughout it's really good. Yes.
1: All right. So we will cheers to all of the women at Brooklyn Brewery and mm-hmm. London
0: Fields, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah. Uh, yeah, cheers she- for your lovely beer. Yeah. Cheers. Taylor, Samantha, Kat, Alex, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. All right. Let's move on to the topic. I'm really excited about this one. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Welcome back everybody. I hope that musical interlude just pumped you up even more for this topic.
1: Um <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I love that. It's like it's like Oliver. Keep keep people on edge. Yeah.
0: Um so Becky, what yes. is like what's your understanding of emotional labor? So
1: I would say that it's probably something that I had experienced and was pissed off by before I knew what it was called. Fair. Because um I think it's probably something that I immediately draw to mothers. And I'm not saying that fathers or just just I'll just say parents uh, experience it. But I, ju- I immediately imagine mothers and like the mental workload of being a mother. Mm. But then that's when I had to start looking deeper into what it could mean because I realized that there was things that I was experiencing and I thought, well, is that the same? Like shut up, you're not got it that bad, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but then I not. realized that like, no, this is literally what this is that I'm experiencing. So mm-hmm. emotional labour to me. Is basically when you are going through something that you're literally experiencing it yourself in your mind. You're, it's like you're taking on another burden
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the benefit of other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a good. So the, this topic for me is like the perfect example of like the dumb shit women deal with and why we need feminism. Um, It's going to sound like small potatoes when we compare it to many of the horrible atrocities that we need to be caring about. But this topic literally ends marriages and makes women's lives terrible on a daily basis. So Mm -hmm. not like one bad thing happened. It's like this is every single day. It's relentless because it never ends. And the most simple way I can put it is that it's just like the mental effort behind life management. I um, completely agree.
1: Yeah, definitely more mental related. Like, yeah. it, it, like it's not busy enough in here. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, it's, there's enough going on. So when I need to contribute more space, I can't do it.
0: Yes, but I think it is kind of getting a bit confused. Like, people are thinking, like, if you do anything around the house, you are doing emotional labor. And that, that's not really it. So the emotional labor. So, for example, like deciding what to have for dinner. So it's very common in households where, like, the woman of the partnership will decide every single meal that the family has for the week. And um, so that's the emotional labor bit, thinking of every meal and then like making Usually the grocery making list, it. like <laughs> grocery lists, you know, like making sure that the ingredients are in the house, like all of those steps before the cooking. The cooking isn't actually the emotional labor. The cooking is the, like, technical task that needs to get done for it to be considered done. But all of the work that goes into before cooking is the emotional labor. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship and you think that because you've cooked the meal that you've done an equal amount of work in that task, then you're confused because <laughs> the cooking, just showing up and cooking, is the easiest bit. I mean, it's important because you get to eat that food, um, but you probably should control yourself if you wanted, like, a pat on the back. You know, you should probably, like, yeah. pump mm-hmm. your brakes um, and because uh, you just literally did what you were told. Like, anyone could do that. Anyone could show up somewhere and do what they're told. It's all of the mental decisions that had to be made before that moment. So
1: I think the only thing I would say about that is that just because when I cook, like, say, for example... I'm cooking, like for me, that's not just physical or technical task. Like what if there's like something that say, you're following a recipe or something and it's
0: like you're I'm gonna stop not doing you. things right. I'm going to stop you because okay. that's still technical. You're following right. a recipe. You're doing what you're told. And that's the key. You're doing what you're told. So you're just following exactly what. So-, so if Dylan's told you we're having chicken fajitas tonight and mm. you go, OK, boss, on it. Cutting up the chicken, cutting up, you're just completing the task. Like, you're not, you didn't make any decisions in this. If, say, you could break up the emotional labor. So, say, Dylan goes, yeah, let's have chicken fajitas. And then you're like, great. And then you find the recipe. Then you make the grocery list. Then he goes and gets the stuff from the store. So, you're breaking up the emotional labor. But what, if you think that you showed up and cooked a meal and you think that you've done your bit, like, that you've hit the same amount of work that went into it before that point, no. Right. now. And the the point is, is that you were told. Like, that's what emotional mm-hmm. labor is all about. If you're giving if you're receiving instruction instead of giving instruction, then you are not doing the emotional labor bit. Right. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does. Mm-hmm. And it's because the detail, like everything that goes in before that task, that's what takes the most mental energy. It's mm-hmm. the detail that's actually important. It's the detail that takes ages. It takes time to make all these decisions. And that's kind of the point that the time that goes into all these the emotional labor Mm -hmm. a more appropriate term for me like you might not agree but in my opinion the explaining of how much time that goes into these tasks it's a second shift like it's you end the one you get paid for and then you start this next job (laughs) where you have to make all these decisions and you have to check off all the boxes like for instance Finley was with his grandma all weekend, so I noticed he was out of shorts. And we're in, like, a heat wave here in Scotland. So I was like, okay. That stuff where you just, like, you always have to step ahead. You're, like, you're creating
1: always, a mental schedule, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, always okay.
0: like, okay, okay, okay. It's like, I need to do that. He's got chicken pox now, so I need to clean his sheets every day. Like, okay, I need to, like, do that. Like, it's like... that shit where you just like it's in your head you don't need to write it down you just know that that's the stuff that needs to get done for life to like to keep moving forward these are the things that need to get done
1: yeah it's almost like you're physically doing your day your or your task in your head already Mm -hmm. it's like you're even though you're only thinking about it and preparing mentally it can be that draining because it's like you're almost already doing it and you've not Mm -hmm. even done it yet
0: yeah, it's it's and that's what they kind of like the, the women can call it like the ticker in my brain, the ticker mm-hmm. in my brain that like I already know that tomorrow I've got to do laundry again and I've got to make our grocery list and I got to plan all our meals for the week. Like all of these things that are on just like the list of life management. Like there is yeah. no like it isn't like work where you have a checklist where, oh, I've got to complete all these tasks to get paid for it. This is all free labor that we just do to make sure life continues. Sure. And all this sure. work is. Usually taken for granted. Um, so no, it's easy to just
1: be well, a stay-at-home
0: mom. It's invisible labor. Yeah, it's exactly. invisible labor. It's, it's like it's just like like the guy that looks into his drawer and sees all of his clothes that are clean and folded, like some fairy fucking just like a magic laundry fairy fucking magically put the clothes back in the drawer. Like um, sure, and mm-hmm. I saw like a TikTok of a woman being like. How amazing would it be if my deodorant ran out and all of a sudden a new one appeared? Like, how great would that be? And she was talking about how, like, when her husband's deodorant runs out, he just hands her the empty one. And then she's expected to put it on the list, get it from the store, put it back where he can find it. Like, it's just this, like, expectation that women, this burden that women tend to take more on. right? Mm -hmm. And, like, they haven't really agreed. It's kind of like our gender just has been slotted into this role. So even, like, full-time working women still get slotted into this, like, role without, like, any discussion. Like, it's just, like, expected. And a lot of women just do it as well. So it's not, like, it's Mm -hmm. social conditioning. But I'll get more into that in a moment. Um, (laughs) So now emotional labor has been trending for over a decade now. So in the show notes, I have included a Google Doc that gathered women's experiences of emotional labor. Like, I don't even know when this came out. It's been ages. I've known about this Google Doc for at least five years. So it's been around mm. for a long time. Um, so please, if you're wondering, if I'm not making much sense, and you're like, I need more examples of emotional labor, go check out the 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 doc that I'm putting in the show notes. Um I will do that. And then you can enjoy being pissed off, too, because every time I read it, I'm like, um,
1: <laughs> like we said, we would give you homework at the end of the show, but like, I would say this is quite an important one because
0: I'm doing it, too. So let's do it. Let's get on emotional labor. Yeah. And then get really mad and then just comment on ours being like, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, this This is unreasonable. and It is unreasonable. Yeah. Um, but there are, like, a lot of resources out there in emotional labor, uh, the science and the history, which makes women hold the brunt of these tasks. And, of course, the talking point that men are just up their own asses, that they don't see all this work women do. Um, so, like, that conversation has been done. I'm going to bring up this awesome clip that we have. If you're in this situation and you're like, holy shit, I do 90% of the life management to keep our house floating and my husband takes out the trash and mows the lawn. Like, that's not really a fair division of labor. And it doesn't – not saying that equal is the goal. It's not about being equal. It's all about equity. So – Sure. Anyways. But um, so this conversation that we're going to go towards, like we've touched pretty much on it already with toxic femininity and masculinity. Um, So emotional labor and the second shift is just social conditioning of men and women. Like we have to keep that in mind to keep us from getting too pissed off.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So for example, the way I'm seeing it in my mind is Mm -hmm. that we can shit on men all we like, right? You mm-hmm. can literally say how lazy they are and da da yep. yep. right? Whatever, yep. okay. Yeah, like, been there. But um, they are literally doing what they are doing mm-hmm. by not picking up the, the tasks mm-hmm. in the same way that women just do it. Yes. So uh, it's the same thing. If you're struggling to try and figure that out, that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. We are conditioned to be OTT. They are conditioned to not give a fuck. So, like... Mm-hmm. That's part of it. We are
0: conditioned from a very young age to be caretakers, to be always... Responsible, yeah. To be essentially just always serving, always being helpful, and men are not. They're just little boys are not. <laughs> um, we're just going to jump straight into the clip this week. You're like, sure. 20 minutes in, Amanda. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Let's jumping it. right in. We're jumping right in. Um, uh, so it's from Not Another Mummy podcast by Allison Perry. Her interview with Eve Rodsky, author of Fair Play, literally had me yelling yes within six minutes of this interview. So the title of the episode is Eve Rodsky on Rebalancing Emotional Labor. So what made me yell, like literally in my kitchen, grab the counter and go, yes! Like it was so like deep in my soul. Um, was Eve saying that Men in society do not value women's time the same as their own. Men and women in society view men's time as finite, like diamonds, and women's time as infinite, like sand. Okay. Right? So, finite meaning? Finite. Finite. So finite, like yeah, there it isn't limitless, it and that's is, like diamonds because diamonds, diamonds are rare. Yeah, diamonds are rare. Yeah, so like and precious. Yes. So people treat men's time like precious little diamonds, but women's time like sand, where it's limitless and you can just keep finding it somewhere. It's um, like the best analogy. I've never heard a better analogy. I've mm-hmm. never. Um, so yeah. So women's time is considered limitless. Well, men's is precious. So directly before this clip, Eve gives an example of a drunk leaving an empty beer can and jacket in her front lawn. So she was out of town for work. And her husband texted her when he got home from work to let her know about this jacket and the can left in the front yard. So when she came home, when she returned home from traveling, and the jacket and the beer can were still in her front yard, her husband, although texting her four hours before. (sighs) The can and the jacket were still there. So the first thing she did was, like, throw on the rubber gloves and go and clean up the drunk man's mess. Um, But her husband, on the other hand, took the four hours to just chill out and do, like, the things he wants to do, like, check his sports apps and stuff. And he just didn't really feel like it was his responsibility. Like, he texted her and told her about it. And, like, that's that. Like, (laughs) he did his part. So that's kind of what sparked this all off, this curiosity as to, like, why didn't my husband think that he should just go take care of that? Like, why did I have to come home after working just as – actually longer, traveling, and – And this is their private front garden. Yeah. So, like, this is their house that's, like –
1: Okay. He's an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) You're right.
2: (laughs) Sorry, Eve. All right. So let's listen. She talks a lot about that, about – she does leisure time studies about men and their leisure time. And so they are obviously much more willing to, to claim that that time much more than women are. But here's the worst part. The worst part is that women, women were not the ones valuing their own time. And so I had women all over the world say to me things like, well, of course I'm going to pick up the drunk guy's jacket because my husband makes more money than me. Yeah. But that's a terrible argument because even in the same jobs – women make less money. So we'll be doing everything forever then. Other women said to me, um, in the time it takes me to tell him what to do, I might as well do it myself. So I went to the top behavioral economists in the world. And they said, that's terrible long term thinking for women. Of course, you want to teach someone how to do it. So you don't have to do it forever. And you know, other women said to me, I'm wired differently. I'm a better multitasker. And so that was my favorite, um, my favorite, my favorite experts were the neuroscientists who said there's no difference in our brains. Men are equally capable and multitasking. They have equal, wonderful executive function. But imagine, one said to me, imagine you can convince half the population that they're better at wiping asses and doing dishes. That's, that's, that's the biggest call and That's the biggest mind game, yeah. surely, that has yes, ever yes, been pulled yes. off. The biggest mind game ever. We have convinced half this population through our we're better multitaskers and wired differently, that we're better at wiping asses and doing dishes. That was a very conservative male neuroscientist who said that. So, Becky, what are your thoughts? Hit me.
1: I don't even really know where to begin. Okay. Like, for me, I mean, obviously, I think, like, the the leisure time is obviously a big issue. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like... The fact that the priority, not just to not do what needed to be done, mm-hmm. but to put themselves first. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like even when, like, it's not like you're saying they have like the joint ownership of the house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, or anyone who is, has any sort of emotional labour. You have joint ownership. Usually, it revolves around a house mm-hmm. or some sort of responsibility that you have as a couple. Yeah, and I just like it, it makes me speechless when like often men are prioritising to prioritize themselves for first mm-hmm. and then to also not give a shit about their partner mm-hmm. it's like can't are you really that oblivious that this is affecting them mm-hmm. and then they're like when things start to go wrong it's like oh well it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah and that's and that's the thing um it just disappoints me more <laughs> like when you hear these stories of men like i'm really fortunate to not have that going on right now, but I just it just disappoints me that there's still men that are being discussed about. There's still men that behave like this. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. A lot. Or people. A there's lot. still people that behave like this. A lot. A lot. Like like emotional labor is still I think a term that if you're in the right circles you know about, but a lot of women who are afraid of the feminist word and stay away from feminism. I don't. I genuinely don't think they know that this is being taken. Like this is being discussed, yeah. and
1: I don't think they do. It. And like I said, like I mm-hmm. think I um like I was in a relationship really young, and mm-hmm. um, I'm still in the same relationship. But then I think these things I was experiencing um once we started living together without knowing what they actually were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I uh, started to engage in feminism or being like eh, this isn't right that mm-hmm. I actually understood. It wasn't like someone said to me, "Oh, by the way, da 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 da."
0: And at the, going back to, like, the leisure point, I, I think that what needs to really be said to really, like, to really, like, point into, into this clip is that women need to be their own advocates in mm-hmm. the end. Uh, so, like, no one's going to advocate for us. No, that's literally what I've just explained. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you have. Um, and now this is, like, a hard concept for our gender because we know that if we go against society's expectations that we will have a harder life. Yes. And like literally everything like hair, like you want to cut your hair short, you might hear some horrible comment. Exactly. So like the money point she made was like spot on for me because I think a lot of stay at home moms would be using this logic Mm -hmm. um, that because you don't technically bring in a wage, you should be taking on more around the house. But but even if like and this is what Eve says, like, but even if you had the same exact job as him, you would not make as much money as him. Because of the wage gap. So, like, if you go by that logic, you'll never beat that. Like, you're always going to be doing more of the work. So, like, sure. don't base yeah. the, like, this, the, this, how I was going to say splitting of the, like, the labor, but it's not splitting, it's just divvying out the labor tasks. Sure. Like, don't look at it like, well, I don't bring in money so that he shouldn't have to do anything. Like, don't do that. No. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know how we were talking about um last
1: week how men don't need to live in the 50s? Mm. Well, that episode is over
0: and <laughs> women don't need to live
1: in the fucking 50s anymore either. Even if
0: you're a stay-at-home even mom. Like, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, he should be pulling his weight. That is your job. You're the stay-at-home mom. So he needs to be... <sighs> Pulling his weight because your job is like the main caregivers of the kids, like that is what you're focused on. So if there's laundry and shit and other things that need to be divvied out, the tasks to keep the life rolling, then you got to split it. Like you got to start giving. Anyways, um, and then this is the one. So the the just do it myself women, like it's just easier if I do it myself. You know instead of teaching your partner how to do the task or I don't how judge you on how you want to do it yeah um like it will just take too much time to tell them how to do it um that really grinds me because I know I know um and it's not judgment I think it's just no. I think it's literally like she says like even scientists are like that is the worst mind frame to have like you have to teach them these tasks or you're going to be doing the tasks indefinitely I have a neighbor who lives with her grown son, he's 23, and she's in her 40s, and recently, like just as if as if life was just lining up for me, Becky. The last 2 weeks we were just having like neighborly chat, like, oh hey, how's it going? But she shared with me one day that um her son gets up from for work around 6. So his alarm goes off. So then she gets up as well to make his lunch. And um to make sure that he's he's going to have breakfast, so he makes his she makes his breakfast. Um and she's going to hire a cleaner for when she goes out of town. Because her son um, <laughs> won't even pick up the vacuum because they've got two b- pretty big dogs that shed a lot. So, she doesn't like to come home after her trip to a very messy house. And her son... With a grown man living at home. Mm-hmm. So, her son will literally, like, load up the dishwasher right uh, before she comes home so that he never has to unload the dishwasher because she does that in the morning. Every morning, she only unloads the dishwasher. Um so I'm, o- I'm only saying these things because she's a perfect example. When we do these tasks, when we unload the dishwasher every single time and make lunch for our grown partners or people we live with, uh, yeah. it is our own undoing. Like we are, we are doing sorry. this oh. to ourselves when you're do like you're like stop conditioning in this respect. Stop conditioning your sons yeah, to think exactly. women will do these tasks. Like, for so, me, it's, for me, it's the, me, it's the
1: um, <laughs> basically, people in this mindset are saying that it's just easier if I X because it's too much time to X. To nag. That's you what it is. 23 years <laughs> to teach your son, who is a grown man, how to do something as simple as dishes. I'm sorry, it's not even hand washing the dishes. Literally, the dishwasher does it for you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't get how doing that for 23 years
0: is easier than teaching them as children. This is what you do, and that's what exactly what the psychologists were saying. Like, it's like that stupid biblical saying where it's like, give a man a fish, he'll just eat once; teach a man to fish, he'll be able to feed himself forever. That like that saying, and that's exactly what this is. So, you might be thinking that like to avoid being a nag. It's easier if you just do it the way you want to do it. You can do it quicker. You can get it done. It's done. Like, checkbox. You know the ticker in your brain? Checkbox. It's done. Check, like, you check, don't... Check, yeah. So, you, but because you're doing that, you are telling whoever that you're taking that task away from that your time's less valuable. That that you... Right. Okay. You right, are right. able to limitlessly do all the things.
1: So... It's not worth you learning how to do this. Exactly. So your time is better spent playing video games. Exactly. So like... I don't know if that's what he does. I'm just using it. Exactly.
0: That's what it is, though. It's like this... I and mean, when she was telling me I couldn't help but like shudder for anybody. Course, anybody yeah. he gets with. Even if he's gay, I have no idea. That's
1: what I'm thinking about. Like, Any person that he's associated with is going to have a rough fucking time. If he has a maid when his mother goes away, he's going to expect the same thing. She's getting the maid for herself. Because
0: she doesn't want to nag him to clean. But it's still cleaning up after him. But oh yeah, no, it's cleaning up after him and the dogs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So it's easier for her to just hire someone to do it than actually have him do it. I'm just going to say this, like, and listen very closely. My fellow women, this is out of a place of love. Like, I'm not saying this to be like, uproot your life. But like, I really feel for you. Like, you're not doing more of the life management work. After your full-time job, because you're biologically better at this type of work. Don't believe the biggest con in human history. Mm -hmm. We have been sold that we are better at wiping asses or doing dishes, but that's not the case. At the same time, yeah, multitasking. We are, men are capable. They can do it. Like, we have just had years and years of conditioning To develop this multitasking, like, flex. And it's it's, it's lies. Uh,
1: Multitasking is a social construct. It is. I've seen it Mm -hmm. in psychology. It's actually published in papers. I've argued it in class. Like, Mm -hmm. I would state the specific journals, but it's fucking classist. Like, these Mm -hmm. access to these articles, you need to pay for them and whatever. So they're completely cutting people out anyway. (laughs) But... It's bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. sa- like, we've actually studied this and regardless of your gender, you cannot multitask. It's physically impossible. You cannot... You, you shift your attention, mm-hmm. but you cannot possibly do these things efficiently at the same time. It is not physically or mentally possible. Yeah. And science says that. So do not believe that you are better at doing multiple things because it makes a man's life easier. Yep. <sighs> yeah,
0: absolutely. But that is exactly what it, you're... You've nailed it. Like, and also, we're able to shift our focus easier, be able to do things quicker, because we've had years and years. Because women are more intelligent. Of, well, <laughs> no, well, kidding. no, no, well,
1: um, <laughs> some science does say that too, but we'll move on.
0: <laughs> but we, we've just—you have to remember that since we were kids, we have been told that these are these are the tasks that we need to know. We need to be able to do all the things, and to, to sure, make sure, sure the people around us feel loved and cared for. So you got to let your partners, the men in your life, participate, like sons, husbands. You have to let them participate in this type of work for them to start thinking of it as their job. Exactly, yeah. I just love that clip so much. It was just, like, four major things perfect. she just, like, nailed. And I was just like, get it, Eve, get it. Um, yeah. So if you are struggling with this uh, emotional labor, you know, tasked around the house, you have your second shift is outrageously long. Um mm. Eve has wrote a book called Fair Play, and she goes and—I mean, listen to this interview, and she'll go into so much detail about it. And she's done so much work, um, but also she's created a game so that couples can sit down and write down, like—well, they don't even have to write it down. She's made, like, these generic cards, and um, literally, like, you have cards that say, like, take the kids to soccer and like, you literally go, okay, you're taking that card. That's your responsibility. And it's like, so that you can just literally split up the life. You're genuinely the life yeah, like it's, yeah. it sounds ridiculous, but like, she's literally made a game to help you and your partner start sharing the second shift load. And I've put a link in the show notes so that you can see what kind of tasks that she has, that, that she has put in the game for you to start negotiating. Um, and I know that like I started this journey a while ago. Like I want to say like 8 year 8ish 8 plus years ago with Chris. Um mm-hmm. and the, which is like the length of your relationship, right? Slightly we've longer. been together for 10, 10 but years? we've lived together for like yeah. like 8 to 9ish. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny how it begins when mm-hmm. you live together, yeah. right? I feel the same way. Um but my advice to you is when you let the task go, like when you say okay, like, for instance, like, Chris is he cleans the oven. Like, that's his task. Like, that's his. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to let that go. Like, you need to turn off the ticker in your brain. You need to say, like, whatever time expectation that you've got in your brain for that task to get done, you have to let it go. I- or the quality
1: of the task being completed. Like, the, the end product. Because that's mm-hmm. something that
2: my
0: brain has had to fucking detach itself from. It's really hard. It's like really – it is not – I'm hard. not saying this like, come on, ladies. Like, this is going to be so easy. No. You're going to be fighting your social conditioning no, the entire time. Hard. You're going to be feeling – For oh, years. You're going to be feeling like you're some. You're being wrong. Like, you're going to feel wrong. Mm-hmm. But you have to, like, get used to that wrong feeling. Um, another example is, like, Chris recently – because I'm getting a bit round, everybody. <laughs> um, the pregnancy <laughs> is – Trucking, And I noticed that putting away dishes because our dishes are like low, like the right. weight of the dishes and me going low was getting a bit much. So then Chris was like, OK, well, do, just yeah. stop mm-hmm. unloading the dishwasher. It's unnecessary. Like you, I can unload the dishwasher. Let me just do it. So like that's that's become his task. But when I tell you that I struggle with this so hard because I like the dishwasher unloaded before noon like, I don't like having okay. dirty dishes on our counter in our sink waiting for the dishwasher to be unloaded. And, like, I failed on Saturday. Like, I knew that we were going to go drop off Finley at his grandma's. And then we were going to, me and Chris were going out to dinner. So we weren't going to get home until after eight. And then the dishwasher was still full by the time we were about getting ready to leave. And I just quickly did it because I was like, I cannot come home to this dishwasher still needing to be unloaded sure. and then loaded with all of our dishes that have been sitting out all day. Like, I can't. So I'm not saying this to be like, come on, ladies, you can do it. I'm saying it because I know how hard it is. <laughs> like, I know and I fail yeah. all the time. But once you give that task, you have to let it go. Like, just put your blinders on. You have to. And be like, I would have done this task by fucking noon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It is his task now. And just let him do it. It's like... People think it is easy, you know, to not give a shit and just
1: oh whatever. But like in my experience that is something that I've really fought over the last couple of years. Like I've lived with Dylan for four mm-hmm. years now. And um say for example one of my biggest things that I had to just mm-hmm. get over was um clothes or towels, mm-hmm. uh shoes, whatever, not being where mm-hmm. they should be. So if there was like Towels on the floor, clothes on the floor beside mm-hmm. the bed, shoes not on the on the rack but just sitting at mm-hmm. the front door. I would find that like that would really grate me, a really yeah. really like mm-hmm. fucking grate on me. And I would just pick them up and it was easier to just put them away and then take them to the laundry basket but then also separate it into colours for the wash that would then be happening and da, da 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 and oh dirty
0: wet towels on the floor or whatever and just hang them up. Because you're building resentment yes. like every time you yes. do that task you're just building resentment in your head and that's why marriages fail. Exactly. Failed. The years and years and years of resentment when women are not being their own advocate and saying my time is precious yeah. like I am not going to pick up your wet fucking towel. Yeah. That is on exactly. you. Exactly so that's why I just I
1: kind of it didn't happen overnight it, it has taken a while Mm -hmm. but I just learned to not give a shit because I saw the way that it Mm -hmm. wasn't bothering him and Mm -hmm. I thought, I'm not saying I live in squalor, like guys but (laughs) if if it was like I just started living that way so I was like Mm -hmm. instead of me thinking right I need to change into my my jammies and then fold them and put my old clothes away and put into washing and da 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 make sure I put my shoes on the rack I would just come in, kick my shoes off like, I get changed, throw the clothes on the floor, put clothes on. Like, just stop giving a shit. And the, the, another thing was, like, if we don't have a dishwasher, so, like, if dishes were just sitting dirty on the side, that would really bug me. And it does a little bit now, but mm-hmm. I hate doing <laughs> dishes. I absolutely hate it. So, like, that's a job that mm-hmm. Dylan takes on. Because he knows I really, really don't like it. I just... It's I don't a fuck. I just don't like it. No, it's not. So it not. seems petty, but so that's, that's the, just that.
0: that I hate to do. It's that fucking petty. Like, it. that's what this Eve talking about. She's like, there are tasks that life needs. Like, you're human that d- you make trash. <laughs> like, you make dirtiness behind you. You're a human. So, like, don't beat yeah. yourself up and be like, oh, well, I should really take that on because of blank, blank, blank reason. Like, you're not a bad person for saying, hey, I actually prefer taking out the trash to doing dishes. So, why don't yeah. I do a task you hate and you do a task I hate and look at us. We're a team. Like, look at
1: us. Yeah, that's literally our life now. Like, we just do the things that we don't mind doing. And then that's how we got on. And it's honestly, now that I'm at the other side of it, and I'm at the point where I am better Mm -hmm. at not giving a shit. Like, it's great. It's great not giving a shit. Like, I have had to learn that my home Mm -hmm. will look like it's lived in. I can't live in a show home. So that is something that I am now at the other side of. And I'm like, it's actually really nice not giving a fuck. It's really, really nice.
0: And it gets easier and easier. It does. It totally does. To, say, like, like letting go of tasks. It just gets easier and easier. And you say, like, that's not my problem. The more you can look at something and be like, that's not my level of doing it. But that's mm. also not my, le- like, that's not on my ticker. That's, that's not on my yeah. list. So, like, you start to get more and more free. Like, just, like, totally. not giving a shit. Yeah. Um so, like, just final thoughts, um, because you nailed the. I literally was just going to ask you, like, would you like to share some advice? Like, you did it, nailed it. Um, so, like, my final thoughts is like, simply, like, we are a product of conditioning, so like, don't beat yourself up if you are doing like ninety percent of the work, um, and we, but we do need to do the work ourselves to get out of the hole. You, you can't look at your husband or your partner and just be resentful that they're not magically, like, figuring it out. And if you are nagging them constantly, then maybe you we need another direction. Maybe this fair play really is the way to go for you. Yeah. Um, but really, start sharing the load with the people that you share your life with. And it is us, like women, the people who do the two-thirds of shouldering this type of work. Yeah. It is us that need to hold that boundary and release the control. Like, you have to start. Like, it's on you to start holding that and letting go of the control. Hold the boundary, let go of the control. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, I do. I Because
1: one of my biggest things was, like, the quality output of a task. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't, like, maybe... Like, Dylan does the dishes now. Maybe they're not all fully clean. Move on. <laughs> I don't care. Like... <laughs> It's not my job. Yeah, like, I don't... So that was the
0: biggest thing. It wasn't just the task. It was the quality. And not giving a shit is so good. You nailed it at the beginning, Becky. Like, when you were just you and your partner, that is the time to really get this in gear. Like, get this way of thinking in gear. Because if you do decide to have children, the work, like, triples. Like, one Mm -hmm. kid, and there's just so much more shit in your brain to start thinking about. Like, it just ends up on you. Mm -hmm. So knowing when... If you've already got that conversation going, like if you have already got that going with your partner, we're like, no, we break up fucking tasks. Like, look at all these new tasks that this new baby is bringing us. Who? What are you taking? Yeah, another that's so true. So hopefully that helps anybody out there. If it doesn't, I apologize if I've just turned no, your life it will. upside down. It definitely will. It definitely will. <laughs> Those crazy feminists. Um, <laughs> and if you are a guy and this is the first time you've heard of this, then go get fair play so that you can start stepping in without being told. That's the key. Do not be told. Just do it. Just do it. Your partners need help. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Recommendations? Let's do it. Let's do it. Not Another Mummy podcast is one of the UK's top parenting podcasts, hosted by Alison Perry. She speaks to a different guest every week about parenting and family issues. Her podcast interviews some really important people doing some amazing work. You know... I'm not a fan of interview podcasts. But Allison really contributed to this chat, and she was saying all the right things at the right time. I was impressed. So thank you again, Allison, for being so kind to allow us to use your clip. You were so relaxed about it, and we love when a podcast sees what we're about from the start. So thank you. Go listen to the rest of this episode with Eve, but really, I'm sure whatever you listen to from Allison will be fantastic.
1: Okay, so that was a great topic, Amanda. Thank you for bringing that one. You're welcome. Yeah, I uh, I don't have a podcast. What about you? I do not have a podcast. I have a book. Awesome. Yay! Yeah, I wanted to like mix it up. (laughs) So um, I brought a book specifically. So this is a book that I mentioned to Amanda probably a couple of years ago now. Or maybe it was last year on the back of Black Lives Matter. Because I think like that was when we were like, okay, we need to maybe rev up this. I think so anti-racist work. And um, this is one that I had on uh, a wish list for a while and I have started it. Great. And I think it's really important because it is a book called Hood Feminism. Mm.
0: I will
2: be borrowing this.
0: I want to borrow this. Yes. I will set it your way.
1: Thank you. (laughs) The Homebrew Feminism Book Club. (laughs) So it's Hood Feminism and it, it is written by an author known as Mickey Kendall. Now, I went on to Mickey's website and I had a look around and I took a paragraph from what her book is about, this hood feminism. Mm -hmm. So I would just like to share it with you because she uses a lot of big words and (laughs) it's good. Like, it's really good. I was like, I cannot paraphrase this. (laughs) Great. Let's do it. So this book specifically looks at today's feminist movement, which has a glaring blind spot. And paradoxically, this blind spot is women. Oh, Mainstream feminists rarely talk about meeting basic needs as a feminist issue, argues Mickey Kendall, Mm. but food insecurity, access to quality education, safe neighbourhoods, living wages and medical care are all feminist issues. Hell yes. All too often, however, the focus is not on basic survival for the many, but on increasing privilege for the few. Mm -hmm. That feminists refuse to prioritise these issues has only exacerbated the age-old problem of both in- internecine discord I'm sorry I don't know what that means and women who rebuff at carrying this title Mm. moreover prominent white feminists broadly suffer from their own myopia with regards to how things like race class sexual orientation and ability intersect with gender yes Kendall asks how can we stand in solidarity as a movement when there is this distinct likelihood that
0: some women are oppressing others. Hell yeah. Oh, I think this is the whole basis of womanism. Black feminism is called womanism because black feminists did not feel represented amongst the feminist, white feminists, so they started their own thing.
1: Exactly. So this book is like a collection of essays, basically. Ooh. So Kendall brings together her views, and yes, people may say like she is ranting but who gives a fuck of course they need to rant because yeah. they need to address how feminism has failed like we know it has failed in many ways and so she is just drawing on her own experiences and bringing it together because it. it's important so i cannot wait to finish this and um hopefully we can bring it up in a later episode once
0: you I need to check it. out that look through that book because she i saw a TikTok she did Mm-hmm. where she was speaking to stay-at-home moms directly in regards yes. to retirement. So, yes, with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should read that bit before two weeks from now, because that's our topic in two weeks, because she's the one that lit the fire under my butt, that I was like, yes, we need to talk about this. We're leaving stay-at-home moms in the dust. Like, we need to support them. So okay, cool. check that out. I'll have a look. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then you will you can school me probably on my own topic. Um, so cool. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> and that's me oh that's you okay great um i fucking love that i that is on my like two list like to read list yeah, yeah amongst like one. all the f- millions of books um so last week you inspired me you said when i said that nobody wants to hear about like mental health books like they're sad you were like but they're important and i was like ah, she's right like that's what people do when they're struggling with their mental health. They, like, they just put it aside. Mm-hmm. Um, So one of the books that I've been reading to kind of help me is called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant, Rejecting, or Self-Involved Parents by Lindsay Oof. C. Gibson. Um we discussed this book with Harris in our interview. Like, Harris right. was reading yes. this book, and I was putting the book off because the title seems really harsh. I'm only at chapter seven, and I've already felt like it's just given me the vocabulary that, like, I didn't have. So the title put me off a lot for the longest time because I felt like I was, like, hurting my parents by even, like, looking at this book. Like, I was being mean to them by reading this book. Um but I realized within like the first chapter that like they are who they are, you know, like they are who they are, and then you need to start. And you don't ex- owe your parents anything, right? You need to accept them for who they are. I think since my son's been born, I realized that like I literally can't do that anymore. Like if I'm yeah. going to put anyone on a pedestal, it is going to be my son. Exactly, and it's acknowledging that as much as you are your own person
1: and mm-hmm. you are you are entitled to do that, they are all also their own people, and that isn't your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's tough. I get it. Like, you can't be your parent's parent. Like, I feel it.
0: Is that a perfect book? Like, she definitely focuses more on, like, talking about others. But, like, I've been reading this book and noticing that there were bits of, like, emotionally um, immature people. And I was like, I do that. We need to do a I was like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not a perfect book because she doesn't really have a chapter dedicated to, like, if you think you're maybe emotionally immature, this is what you should do. Like, there isn't any of that. So this is more of, like, that you need to learn more about this instead of, like, how to fix it. It's not a fix-it self-help book. This is, like, an educational book. This is a book to learn and not so much to, like... This take, is what you do now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is how you fix it. Like, there's no fixing here. The only thing I think she she starts talking about, like, boundaries and stuff, which is, yeah. I'm on my journey. Um, <laughs> So I would highly recommend it if you're feeling like uh, maybe the people you were raised by... Um, you know, a lot of them had their own. They have their own stuff, and like, if you feel that maybe their stuff kind of took over a lot of your stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I highly recommend it. And can you see the title again? Yeah, sure. It's Adult Children of Emotionally Imager Parents: How to Heal from Distant, Rejecting, or Self-Involved Parents. Um Okay. Anywho,
1: so that was kind of well, a, that's a good recommendation. Yeah, I like that one. It's kind of a bummer. But <laughs> no, no, but it's important though. You know what I mean? It's I think we're all trying to figure
0: shit out, so um, I think that's a good one. I, I, no one else is going to do it for you. You got to advocate for yourself, just like exactly, just like our topic this week. Like you can't, you got to advocate for yourself, and this was me on that journey. Awesome, cool.
1: So, yeah, that's us. That's it. We'd like to thank our feature pod and also the women at Brooklyn Brewery and London Fields.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Alison, for letting me play your clip. Alison was fantastic. She straight up was just like, sorry, I missed your email. Yeah, go ahead. Just use the clip. I was
1: like, thank you.
0: so yes thank you so much Allison. really much much appreciate it yeah so this was a good topic mm-hmm.
1: I really enjoyed the discussion with this one so if you want to reach out to us to talk about emotional labour because we are for that mm-hmm. you can get us on mainly Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter and um, <laughs> fucking Twitter <laughs> and uh, it is at Feminism, and there are no vowels in homebrewed.
0: Mm-hmm. yep and if you've got the time please go and subscribe, rate, so that our, we get better and get more attention on the old Apple Pods. Yeah, that's that's about all the spiels, I think. Awesome.
1: Well, cool. we will be back next week with uh, a topic that is not directly aligned with our experiences of being a woman or being feminist. So um, next week will be an educational episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we are by no means coming to educate other people, we are also here to learn yes. next week. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of tied into something we did in season one. So mm-hmm. tune in next week for our sixth episode. Yeah. And uh, as always, stay open and keep learning. Bye. Bye.